We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stangle. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's going. It is. This is our second to last week of birthday month. Mm-hmm. And this one is an interesting choice. Oh, no. You'll see what I mean when we get into it. Okay. But this week we are going to be discussing medieval book curses. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I always forget the topics. Information was pulled from the following sources. A 2021 The Catholic University of America blog post by Shane McDonald. 2019 Amusing Planet article by Kaushik Patoweri. 2019 The Vintage News article by Stefan Andrews. 2018 Mental Floss article by Rebecca Romney. 2017 British Library Medieval Manuscripts blog post by Clark Dreischen. I hope I said that right. 2016 Atlas Obscura article by Sarah Laskow. 2016 American Bookbinders Museum blog post. And a 2015 Medievalist blog post. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Awesome. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. We're all familiar with book curses at this point, or at least most people have heard <laughs> of them in some fashion. Right, right. You know, book curse, Tuesday, yep. dry cleaning. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous cursed books is the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. Or you can think of the spill book and Hocus Pocus for all of our yep. millennials out there. Yeah. But book curses are a different thing. Book curses are things that can happen to you if you do something. Cursed books are books that will definitely do something to you. If utilized. Yes. (laughs) And book curses themselves have been around for centuries, with many cropping up in the Middle Ages. And now we're going to be discussing how and why. It kind of makes sense if you think of books as being the latest technology. Mm Mm-hmm. Because everything, everything is, and was, and always is witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The printing press wasn't invented by Johannes Gutenberg until 1436 CE. Wow. Right? That seems really late, doesn't it? It does. But this is, you know, you have to keep in mind, this is when you could print lots of things at the same time with movable type. Yeah. Prior to this, all books were painstakingly written by hand. Mm -hmm. Nerds. 
(laughs) (laughs) Wanting to keep knowledge. Dorks. How dare you. This was laborious, time-consuming work, starting with the preparation of the parchment. Mm -hmm. Scribes would spend hours hunched over a table, working only by natural light to avoid any potential dangers or damage from wax or candle flames. I hate to be the first group of people that, like, experience that before they realize that (laughs) it's ruined. Especially, well, like, you know, they made their own parchment, too. So, so like, they could just rip it off and start over. Yeah. Depending on the book that was being transcribed, it could take one person over a year to complete just one book. I mean, that still stands today, but I digress. (laughs) Yeah. Often, a group of monks would work together on one manuscript, ensuring that each letter was carefully formed using ink-tipped feathers. Nice. Each line had to be perfectly straight and maintain the correct size throughout, not to mention the elaborate illustrations that would accompany the intricate calligraphy. Ah, yes. The cats that look like people and the babies that look like old men slash demons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the horses that look like something that is definitely not a horse. Right. You can tell that they were by monks who had to stay in all day and write books instead of look outside and see a horse (laughs) yeah brother bartholomew what does a horse look like i couldn't tell you it's like a dog but bigger (laughs) it's like a dog with a very long muzzle and lots of flat teeth perfect in a quote describing a scribe that was written by a copyist quote it extinguishes the light from the eyes it bends the back it crushes the viscera and the ribs it brings forth pain to the kidneys and weariness to the whole body, end quote. Wow. So they really thought that writing a book was a curse? It sounds super fun. <laughs> It'll ruin your life. <laughs> the end. It will suck the life from your body. <laughs> Amen. Based on that account, <laughs> yes. Jeez. Book curses have manifested in a variety of languages, from Latin to Arabic, Greek to Italian, not to mention long dead languages like Babylonian. Nice. <laughs> Theirs was a little more on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Too soon? No. Uh, I don't think so. Given how much time and effort went into the production of books, it makes sense that the people who produced them, as well as those that owned them, would do everything in their power to protect them. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to today's topic. Punishments for book violation would be considered laughable now. Right. But back then, they were a big deal. Examples include excommunication from the church. Ooh, that was like your only method of socialization then. It's like being kicked out of your own family, essentially. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, a horrible grisly death. I mean, that could be better. (laughs) Yeah. At least you'll still go to God. (laughs) Right. If you stole a book, you might have to submit to having your hands chopped off, have your eyes gouged out. Great. Be cut in two by a quote-unquote demon sword. Oh. That was something that I think was made up. Yeah. Or another one that I think was made up. Get swallowed up by brimstone and the fires of hell. That's really funny. Like, you just think about stealing a book and then just go... (laughs) (laughs) 
Satan shows up and he's like, really? He's like, really? now you've done it. And he's like, you just sold your soul for Twilight? God, you're an idiot. <laughs> some, I don't even want you. Some sort of filth created by a monk who doesn't know what a horse looks like. <laughs> Great choice. It's the last thing you're going to see. Congratulations. Hope it was worth it, Maximus. Her arms are on, wrapped around me like a crow feather. <laughs> Soft and caressing. Fragile. Like hollow bird bones. It was like the light of God and the heat of brimstone. All in one. Forbidden. The idea is laughable today, but in the Middle Ages, book theft was on par with blasphemers and murderers. Yeah. I mean, it'd be essentially like stealing the latest technology today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of a big deal. But yeah, people still have library fees that are outstanding from like 20 years yeah. ago. So <laughs> it's a little... Yeah, but they're not going to be like, you're, we're going to hang you for that. <laughs> right? Could you imagine how much money libraries would make if they were like, if you're a day late to handing in this DVD, we're going to take one of your hands. <laughs> what? In a book titled The Flower of Nature by Jacob, or maybe it's Jacob van Meerland from the early 14th century, those in the Western Netherlands who wished to borrow the book, which was a natural encyclopedia and bestiary, were instructed to swear an oath, known as a deer oath or a dire oath, that they would return the book or die. Nice. It's noted that at least one woman, who merely identified herself as a midwife, agreed to swear this oath, and as far as we know, she didn't break it. Okay, good. Good, yes. <laughs> She she brought others into this world and they're the ones that are going to take her out. Do you know what a bestiary is? No. A bestiary is basically like a book of animals. Oh. So like this natural encyclopedia was like basically about flora and fauna. Cool. So people who have seen horses. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it was illustrated by people who have actually seen horses and know what cats and dogs look like and don't give them human faces. Oh, gosh. They're so horrifying. Monks seem to take their book curses particularly seriously, such as one from Rochester Abbey who penned the following in their copy of a work of Aristotle. Quote, A volume of Aristotle's physics from the monastery of Rochester by John, prior of Rochester. Whosoever steals this book from the monastery, conceals it, or erases this inscription, he incurs the curse of anathema for one long year from the priory and the entire community of the chapter of Rochester, end quote. Anathema is another term for excommunication. Yeah. I love that books threatened you. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like dedications in the beginning, it was just really intense threats. <laughs> I'm a murderer. If you think for one second that you deserve this book. That famous quote from Taken was actually taken from a, a right. book inscription. Yeah. A monk <laughs> wrote it in, you know. I don't know who you are. 1310. Where you live. But I will find you. And if I don't, my ravens will. And, and we will kill And you. we will ride with our horse with feet, human feet, <laughs> and destroy you. Because horses definitely have opposable thumbs. Totes. Mm-hmm. Another monk from the Rochester Abbey even went so far as to threaten that the book thief's name would be stricken from the Book of Life. 
thereby guaranteeing themselves a place in hell following their death. <laughs> Quote, this book of the distinctions belongs to the monastery of Rochester. Anyone who takes it from there hides or keeps it or damages or erases this inscription or makes or causes it to be deleted. May his name be deleted from the book of life. End quote. This is like those. Remember all those threats of like copying DVDs and VHS tapes? Yeah, the anti-piracy thing. Yeah. You wouldn't steal a boat. Yeah. You wouldn't steal a car, would you? And it's like, well, I mean, some people would. Some people do. I mean... So don't steal a movie. This is just the Matrix. Like, you can breathe. It's not like it's Aristotle's first work about physics. It's just Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves. It's fine. Wow. Author Mark Drogan published several examples of book curses that he'd found during his research from as far back as ancient Greece, the Library of Babylon, through the Renaissance, and all the way to the 19th century. Dang. The most severe excommunication, mm -hmm. or anathema, was frequently included. Yeah. An example of which, which was translated, which was translated from Latin, because I can't read Latin, states and this was quoted by the article not me using google translate okay before somebody comes at me like you can't translate latin <laughs> with google <laughs> quote may the sword of anathema slay if anyone steals this book away end quote slay anathena <laughs> <laughs> slay them snap 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 <laughs> no god why <laughs> you go slay not the good way <laughs> A note of thanks to the scribe and a word to the wise to any potential book thieves was included in the 1381 book, Harmony of the Gospels. William of Nottingham, or Nottingham, who owned the book, included a colophon, colophon, which is a statement or emblem that denotes the book's ownership. I had to Google that because nice. I never heard that so before. It's, it's like the little thing of like who had it, who had it first, the library card. Yeah, kind of like a book plate that noted, quote, his praise for the scribe who had completed the work, stating that he should be given a high quality wine for mm. his work as a reward for how good he did. Yeah. And it also included that any book thief is wished, quote, a death from evil things. May the thief of this book die. Nice. So the monk gets uh, holy wine from the weevil farm. Mm -hmm. And the book Thief gets the weevil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. Yep. Some were written with specific examples of what awaited anyone who should damage or steal a book, such as the following in a German Bible from 1172 ah, CE. I love a good threat before the holy word. <laughs> right. <laughs> Quote, if anyone take away this book, let him die the death. Let him be fried in a pan. Hmm. Let the falling sickness, a.k.a. epilepsy, and fever seize him. Let him be broken on the wheel and hanged. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Was this the Old Testament, too? Just to, like, bring up the, <laughs> the emotion. I'm pretty sure it had both the Old and the New Testament. Okay. 
I was just like, wow. We broken this on the wheel. Worst book of vibes ever. <laughs> book with the Old Testament. Here's all the modern ways to die. Here's how God would have murdered you. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> Broken by the wheel or turned into salt. <laughs> what do you want? Why not both? The librarians at the Church of St. Aldate in Gloucester included curses such as, quote, he that still the book shall be hung by the neck, end quote. I think it says still, but it should be steel. Mm-hmm. At the Premonstration, Premonstratensian, 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 yeah. <laughs> At an abbey of St. Mary and St. Nicholas <laughs> in Arnstein. I cannot say that word. It's premonstratensian. Premonstratensian. There. Okay. I probably didn't say it right, but I'm going to go with it because it <laughs> took me like six times to get there. So at that abbey. Yep. Yep. At that one in particular. In Arnstein, a Bible contains the following curse. Quote. <laughs> A book of the Abbey of S.S. Mary and Nicholas of Arnstein. If anyone steals it, may he die the death. May he be roasted in a frying pan. May the... F- oh, this is... The- yeah, this is the one that I just did. Yeah. Well, I didn't even need to go there. <laughs> God damn it. Strike it all. <laughs> I'm striking all of that. Stri- Struggle to say that goddamn word. Strike it all. Like how you'd be stricken if you stole the book. Get rid of all of that. One of the most common curses that kept coming up over and over in Mark's research went as follows. Quote, may whoever steals or alienates this book or mutilates it be cut off from the body of the church and held as a thing accursed. End quote. Nice. So you can't sit with us. Can't sit with us. You broke it. You can't sit with us. Ye old mean girls. (laughs) You get out. (laughs) get out no i can't know i don't know how to say this one okay i think this one's french uh let's go lanay abbey included the curse of anathema maranatha which roughly translates to excommunication followed by the phrase come lord this example from a collection of sermons and letters from the 13th century reads as follows quote this book belongs to the church of thomas the martyr of lanay Anyone who removes it or does damage to it, if the same person does not repay the church sufficiently, may he be cursed, anathema, maranatha. Let it be done. Let it be done. Amen. End quote. All right. I really love all these like holy books that are like, if you touch this, you will go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) We will find you and kill you. If you fold the page to hold your place. Let you be smoked. May the ravens rain down and <laughs> gouge your eyes and swiftly take the book away back to the monastery where we can repair the page, but we cannot repair your soul. Because <laughs> we, we just don't want to. Amen. The Benedictine Monastery of St. Albans included a particularly religious punishment on anyone who damaged a manuscript that they had loaned to fellow monks in Oxford at Gloucester College. I love monks threatening other monks. 
right? As if they don't understand the intensity yeah. of the work. Quote, this book is given in use to the brothers at o- of Oxford by John Welthamsteed, father of the flock of the proto-martyr of the English St. Alban. If anyone secretly tears this inscription or removes it, may he feel Judas's noose around his neck or forks. End quote. <laughs> Talking to you, Gary. <laughs> or forks. Or forks. <laughs> Judas will hang you. Or forks. Forks will sting you, Gary. Don't rip my pages. Behind the forks, it says in brackets, presumably handled by demons. (laughs) You know who's holding them. You know who's holding those forks, Gary. You know how hard it is to write in brackets. Use your imagination, Gary. It's not common with calligraphy. It's hard. (laughs) Now you may be thinking to yourself, holy shit, these monks mean business. They're insane. (laughs) And that's because they did. (laughs) As I mentioned, books were extremely valuable. Think the modern day equivalent of stealing someone's car. Yep. As far as value. So the fact that these God-fearing men would go to such unchristlike lengths to protect them Spoke volumes. <laughs> that was a book it, 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 I was thinking it's the modern day equivalent of stealing Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you take Jeeves? These books could be their only access to this type of work in their entire community. Mm-hmm. So the loss of them would be particularly devastating, given that many libraries of the day would be lucky to have more than a handful of books it quickly becomes obvious why they took their curses so seriously. I really want this to be a video game now. Like what curses? You know, like Assassin's Creed, the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 3D rendering of Noah Wiley. He has to enact all the curses of the stolen books. <laughs> he brings a giant frying pan out of nowhere. <laughs> he just has a wheel with him. <laughs> Get ready to be broken. (laughs) Wheel forks, you know. (laughs) Brimstone. (laughs) You're just fighting like innocent people that forgot they had a book in their house. That's the whole that's the whole video game. Is you're just beating up these poor people for monks and collecting books. Please, sir. Why? Why? You know why. And he just like pulls out a fork very slowly from his every, like, side every satchel. Every time you retrieve a book, like a raven comes and takes it back to the monastery. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. On that note, the following example comes from a 13th century manuscript that is currently part of the Vatican Library. Okay. <laughs> I love how this one sounds like a limerick. Oh, great. Quote, the finished book before you lies. This humble scribe, don't criticize. Whoever takes away this book, may he never on Christ look. Whomever to steal this volume durst, may he be killed as one accursed. Whoever to steal this volume tries, out with his eyes, out with his eyes. End quote. (laughs) Okay, that's like... Ye old MySpace bio. 
there's like some sad like, violin music no, playing in the background i was just thinking you, you remember like those those really horrible like non-copywritten like piano auto-tune background noises instead of yeah the song. midis yeah but it was like metallica <laughs> it's like master of puppets <laughs> <laughs> and, and they have they have the backgrounds with just like rain, <laughs> and the mouse is a thundercloud, <laughs> and that was their like status. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> Other curses were written in multiple languages, such as this one that was written written in a mix of Latin and German. Again, I did not translate this; it was pre-translated for me. Had to cover all their bases. Yeah. Just to make sure you couldn't re- translate the whole thing. Who should we yell at preemptively? <laughs> Germans and people that read Latin. Right, 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 right. Quote, this book belongs to none but me, for there's my name inside to see. To steal this book, if you should try, it's by the throat you'll hang high. And ravens then will gather bout to find your eyes and pull them out. Yep. And when you're screaming, oh, oh, oh. Remember, you deserved this woe. End quote. That's the beginning credits of the Assassin's Creed game. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the monk writing that. And then, like, from his ink feather, your character emerges. And he's Mm -hmm. like, go. (laughs) Go forth. Go forth and wreak havoc on the people. For this book belongs to none but me. For there's my name inside to see. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a creepy Riddler. I know. I've worked so hard. It's mine. Simon Vostra of of Paris. That didn't sound very French, but it's fine. (laughs) Who owned a copy of the Book of Hours in 1502 included a particularly nasty and very French punishment. Nice. Bone bread? (laughs) No, but close. Oh, oh no. (laughs) It's one of the other ways that they like to kill people in France. Okay. Quote, whoever steals this book of prayer, may he be ripped apart by swine. His heart be splintered, this I swear, and his body dragged along the Rhine. End quote. That makes sense. Yeah. It always comes back to the pigs. They really hated feeding those pigs. Anybody but, you know, people. What, you gotta feed them? You gotta feed the pigs to eat them? That doesn't make any sense. So they don't go feral and just attack your children's faces? You have to feed your food? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Just let them take the baby. (laughs) It cries at night. Well, we lost another one. I told you to feed the pigs. We can't stop feeding our our pigs, our children. Gary, killed. We'll feed book thieves instead. <laughs> Fine. Look here. This curse is going to work real great. I'm going to leave this book outside. We'll see what happens. <laughs> to eat that pig, you become a literary genius. One of the oldest book curses that I came upon in my research was from the Monastery of St. Gall in a manuscript from 880 CE. Dang. It just says, don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it says. Because it took so much effort. They even did the the contraction. 
book and like in really tiny letters and like the bottom left corner just says, don't. (laughs) Quote, may no one believe that ever have I been taken, but that happily this place never have I forsaken. Yet may no one doubt that the wrath of God upon him will fall if he essays to take me from the confines of St. Gaul, end quote. I love it here. Don't take me here. God will smite <laughs> you down. <laughs> Consider yourself smote. It's better than being in France. <laughs> P.S. Don't. <laughs> Older still is a curse that was placed on a set of clay tablets by Babylonian king Ashurbanipal in the 7th century BCE. The Assyrian tablets were found in the library of Nineveh, which was one of the oldest libraries on earth. Quote, Whosoever shall carry off this tablet, or shall inscribe his name on it, side by side with mine own, may Asher and Belit overthrow him in wrath and anger, and may they destroy his name and posterity in the land. End quote. I just really like the idea of somebody like hating him so much. It, they write the name like John before it. It's like John wrote it, but this guy threatened you. <laughs> he, he thinks he wrote it, but he didn't. <laughs> My dad wrote this tablet, not your dad. It's like clearly, clearly like jagged and incorrect. <laughs> the In a completely different language that isn't, isn't Assyrian. Yeah. Asher refers to a major Mesopotamian deity that would deliver punishment on those who stole the tablets. Specifically, it's just a deity that like hates it if you steal <laughs> tablets. He hates it so much. That's my rock. I don't know you. A 1632 book that was printed in London, which currently resides in the Rochester Institute of Technology, includes the following curse rhyme. Quote, Steal not this book, my honest friend, for fear the gallows be your end. For when you die, the Lord will say, where is the book you stole away? End quote. <laughs> it's a really good nursery rhyme. <laughs> these, <laughs> these monks were the modern day hip hop artists of their time. Sick rhymes, bro. Sick. Ye old, ye old Eminem. Because he goes so hard. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. We need to put a label on these. These are really, you know, NC-17. Too many mentions of death. <laughs> Count John de Orleans had in his possession a 15th century manuscript with the following inscription. Quote, Whoever steals this book will hang on a gallows in Paris. And if he isn't hung, he'll drown. And if he doesn't drown, he'll roast. And if he doesn't roast, a worse end will befall him. End quote. Is it like the mummy where as you read it, like these things are just like behind you waiting? (laughs) All of a sudden these gallows just like come up from the earth. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like a pop-up book. It just like <laughs> pops up behind like, you. I didn't even mean to read this. I don't know why it's here. <laughs> Get it out of my house. I didn't steal it. It was literally just sitting here. I thought it was a coffee table book. <laughs> I was book. trying to return it. I thought this was Madonna's coffee table book. 
Interestingly, a cookbook of all things also contained a book curse. That's amazing. You want to eat? Starve. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Don't. Currently residing at the New York Academy of Medicine, this 17th century manuscript contains the phrase, quote, Jean Gamble, her book, I Wish She May Be Drowned, that steals it from her. <laughs> Mary, you dirty whore, that's Betty's <laughs> recipe and you know it. How dare you win a blue ribbon <laughs> at, the, at, the Lutheran, at the bake sale. At the Lutheran bake sale. Unfriended on Facebook. I hope you drown. And if you don't drown, I hope you start on fire. And if you don't start on fire, I hope something worse happens to you. Rest in peace, Betty. <laughs> Need to put that ribbon on her grave. Keep in mind that it wasn't just scribes that put in tons of time rewriting books. You also need to factor in stone workers who may have been hired to create the illustrations metal engravers who could have performed the same service, Mm -hmm. not to mention those who painstakingly bound the books as well. Worst job. You don't even get to be creative, really. It's just weaving. And like the glue. They knew what horses looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Their illustration is just a pile of paste. Unfortunately, not all book curses are real. What? The following is a hoax that was written by a librarian and mystery writer named Edmund Pearson in 1909. Nice. Although it was claimed to be written to protect a whole Spanish library. The whole thing. Whole thing. Quote, for him that stealeth or borroweth and returneth not this book from its owner, Let it change into a serpent in his hand and rend him. Let him be struck with palsy and all his members blasted. Let him languish in pain, crying aloud for mercy, and let there be no surcease to his agony till he sing in dissolution. Let bookworms gnaw his entrails in token of the worm that dieth not, and when at last he goeth to his final punishment, let the flames of hell consume him forever end quote that was so poorly written it was like a spoof on like older language that'd be like us saying if doth go yonder into the the dark he shall be yeeted into next week (laughs) and slay so saith the lord (laughs) amen (laughs) and gagging but not the great way (laughs) let it be known so you know how in Doctor Strange and the library had many of its books protected by chains Mm -hmm. well this was actually a common practice in many medieval libraries to prevent theft that makes sense it's like chaining your bike (laughs) pretty much with the books either chained to desks or to the shelves on which they were stored Yeah. private collectors may have used special chests that they would lock their books up in some books were even fitted with their own locking mechanisms, such as clasps, to prevent would-be page snatchers from damaging the contents within. It's just like, it reminds me of that video of uh, the teenagers that were trying to steal the cell phones from Best Buy, but they couldn't figure out how to rip it from, like, the lock. <laughs> like, the cord. 
So oh god. Kept trying to tug it. That's how I imagine it would be. Well, they'd be so heavy and loud. <laughs> like everyone god. would know. It'd be so obvious. You're trying to steal a book. And it wasn't just the act of stealing that was offensive and curseworthy. Mishandling or disrespecting the books was also considered poor taste. Yep. Curses were put in place against readers who spilled on a book, left stains with their dirty or greasy fingers, who sneezed or coughed on a book, (laughs) or fell asleep and drooled on a book. Yeah, so like... The monks can't look at the stuff that they wrote then. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all like old man things to do. Yeah. Anything that damaged the book's integrity from cover to pages to binding was considered a cursing offense. One clever curse for would-be book defilers reads, quote, Who folds a leaf down, ye devil toast brown, who makes mark or blot, ye devil roast hot. Who stealeth this book, ye devil shall cook. End quote. Yeah. Remember when like, you fold a page? <laughs> the Assassin's Creed guy's gonna come after you. Just start sticking your fingers. You fold your place, and all of a sudden the wind picks up, and you don't know why. <laughs> your candle flickers out. You're just like, oh shit. Sunny <laughs> day becomes cloudy. And even though today we no longer put curses into our books, or at least... Not that I'm aware of. We do still take measures to protect them. Mm -hmm. And one common measure that you may not have thought of that I think I mentioned at the very beginning of the story was the book plate, which is still kind of a common thing. So is the act of like stamping that you can buy at like Etsy and stuff like that. Nice. Still, the idea of opening up a book and finding a curse written into the front or back cover is pretty funny. It is really funny. So, have you actually come across any sort of book vandalism at all? Vandalism? Yeah, like someone wrote something in a book. Yeah, all the time. Where? The Mars? (laughs) (laughs) Or high school? Oh. People would write stuff in the library books all the time. Mess with the pages. Food grease. Yeah. Kids suck. (laughs) I just remember being so angry when I would go to, like, the dentist or something and there'd be like the kids books yep and, and you go to read something and they'd all be like covered in crayon yep and shit i get so angry toothpaste regret <laughs> tooth particles tooth just dust. covered in baby teeth <laughs> this used why is this so green baby teeth just <laughs> like a picture of grover the baby teeth <laughs> is actually a skull warning you to not put more baby teeth into the book <laughs> These are the teeth of all the children that messed with this book. (laughs) (laughs) Mom! So that's the story of uh, Medieval Curses. Nice. Medieval Book Curses. Nice. I thought they were pretty great. Worth it. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me A Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material. Become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I've often struggled with gut health and proper nutrition, which made me wonder what sort of vitamins and minerals I may be missing that my body really needs. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. I drink my AG1 right away in the morning as a great way to get my day started. As someone who suffers from food allergies, I appreciate the fact that it's so lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Not only that, but the subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important, especially in Minnesota where I'm from, where we don't get as much sunlight. For less than $3 a day, you can invest in your health. That's cheaper than a daily coffee habit. If you don't want to take my word for it, check out the over 7,000 five-star reviews that Athletic Greens has received. It's not just about the fact that I'm taking better care of my body. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company that gives back as well. For every purchase they receive, they donate to organizations that help supply nutritious foods to children in need, including No Kid Hungry. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think, you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Madams Pod, or on our website, themadamspod.com. And this week's podcast plug is The Madam's Podcast, which is movies minus the mansplaining. Hosts Chris and Amy offer a feminine, inclusive take on the movies we all love and hate. Tune in every Monday as The Madam's discuss and often roast their latest movie of the week. Nice. And we will have a link to their show in the show notes. Awesome. And on that note, what's something good you'd like to share? Since the last week has been really weird, I am currently in a process of transition in my career, and I have not not had a job since I was 14, and this is my first week not working a full-time job, and I didn't realize how intensely woven a job was with my sense of self-worth. And mm-hmm. so I spent this week kind of learning learning about me again a little bit. So I've been, you know, still waking up early, applying to jobs, and I clean I've been cleaning the way I've wanted to clean 
this apartment since we moved in a year ago. And I've been taking more hammock breaks with the dogs. And I didn't realize how kind of horrible my mindset has been and my mental health has been mm-hmm. in the past year until the dogs have been acting better because of mm-hmm. my lack of stress. And my relationship with my partner has been better. And I'm generally feeling I'm sleeping better. The circles under my eyes aren't as dark and uh, as kind of scary as this time is right now. I've been kind of finding little bits of peace in it. Mm -hmm. And it's been nice. So it's really weird. And, you know, I'm not used to not making money for myself and supporting myself financially. Mm -hmm. So it's been strange, but still a very, I'm still very happy about my decision. And I'm really kind of excited to see. I've got a few leads on a new position and I'm excited to see what happens. But yeah, it's uh, really scary and also like kind of cool, but like also really scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's something good? Last week, I got some gifts in the mail from my girlfriends over at Pineapple Pizza, so from Emily and Ashley, and I got some stuff that was kind of like ramen and boba themed, which is very on point for me. Yeah. I got a Mothman Believes in Me mug from Ashley. Inspirational. And a book about... This is really cool. I'm actually really excited to read this book. It's called Ghosts in Print, and it's an assemblage of spirits, spooks, and specters from newspapers of old. Nice! And it's basically like... Newspaper clippings. Newspaper clippings that were transcribed and from as, as far back as the 1820s all the way to the 1930s. We should have that be like our Halloween episode. Read some of these, yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of like pieces from that. And it's funny because on the back it says hundreds of stories, multiple decades, one question. Are these true? <laughs> so, And it was actually compiled by a guy that lives in Wisconsin. Of course. We love spooks in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's our thing. Written in Janesville, Wisconsin. Yep. I've heard of that. So pretty cool. So I'm excited to read that. Nice. It's a very thick book. Thick. It'll take me a few days. Yeah, we should have that be our Halloween episode. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'll go through and I'll mark some that are really good. And then maybe maybe a couple of them will actually have a story behind it, too. You know? Maybe. It wasn't a spook. It was a legitimate murder. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was old man Jenkins. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those damn kids. Really need to stop murdering your mom and saying it's a ghost. (laughs) The smell is a ghost. And on that note, a good way to support the show, if you want to help us out but can't do so financially, is to leave us a five-star rating and review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods. Leave a rating on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. 
This week's review comes from Canada. Nice. From our friend AU1294 on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. They say, hilarious, informative, and amazing. Five stars. Lindsay and Madison have such a great sisterly chemistry, which makes the show so easy to listen to. They're hilarious, but also great at providing their in-depth research. I appreciate how they cite their sources and are willing to acknowledge any mispronunciations. (laughs) This show is so binge-worthy. Thank you. I... English is where I really shine. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love it was like five stars. They can't speak, but I like it. <laughs> Lindsay doesn't know how to say words. It's fine. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. Side note, uh, there is a sale this week over at our Tea Public shop. August 24th to the 28th, get 35% off everything in our store, nice. including our birthday merch. Heck so yeah. head on over, get that. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime. <laughs>